0: Hitchhikers, welcome back to the newest episode of Hitchhiker's Guide to Hyrule, your one-stop guide for all things lore, game, history, anything to do with the Legend of Zelda series. I'm your host, Tanner Short, joined today by my co-hosts, Timmy Short and Tyson Andreg. What's up, y'all? Yo, what's up? What's that? up? Today, we've got a pretty cool episode. We are going to be talking about Ocarina of Time still. This is going to kind of wrap it up. We'll get moving on to some other games after this week, but I figured to go out strong, we're just going to talk about the most nostalgic aspects of Ocarina of Time.
1: The most nostalgic aspects of the most nostalgic game, so buckle up because we're talking about the whole game. Sit down.
0: It's a nostalgia fest. Well, whenever I think about nostalgia and Ocarina of Time, I instantly think title theme.
1: Oh, totally. Even when they they brought it to the Switch, I'd been playing Ocarina of Time 3DS for so long. And then the first time I played it on the Switch, I had it up on our screen, the sequence came on, and it is perfect. Just like seeing it on the big screen again when Link comes across on Epona and the music starts, is just there's just nothing like it.
2: Well, I love how fantasy-esque it feels because we have that great shot of the moon, which unbeknownst to us, but probably known to Nintendo by the time they got this produced, was the moon was going to play a really pivotal role in their follow-up game. Thank you. And so we get that great shot of the moon, and then we have that nighttime writing, and then you just have that beautiful score, and then it's just like you're immersed. Totally. That's all the suspension of disbelief that you ever need, and you ever will need. It's awesome. And then you hear that. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> don't know. A day, you know. <laughs> <So. Uh-oh.
1: laughs> I don't even know what it is about the song, but like something about the Ocarina, Ocarina off in the distance. It's like, I don't want to say haunting cause it's not haunting necessarily, but it's just like,
0: it's like ethereal. ethereal.
1: Yes. Yeah. Yes. That's totally. just so good.
0: Yeah. And I remember when we got the Hyrulean orchestra soundtrack cover of Ocarina of Time and without fail that first song that was the title theme when the real ocarina came out with that same yeah. cadence man that was it like gave me chills still does i bet if i listened to it right now i'd be chilling just that choice of because they were using strings so the strings with the ocarina that was like my camping soundtrack for some reason whenever we were camping i always felt oh, like no, i needed seriously. to listen to that soundtrack because it's like hey we're in the outdoors like link we're gonna listen yeah. to the title theme soundtrack so that was super nostalgic.
1: associated with camping. Yeah,
2: it's funny that you say that because I was literally just thinking. Sometimes when I'm like detoxing after work and I'm driving home, I will listen to the title theme because it's just so like relaxing. Funny. Yeah,
0: right, and calming.
2: Totally. But at the same time, it just presents this excitement and want, it implants this want for adventure in me yeah and so i'm like even though i'm done with work i'm ready to still go out and go to the lake or go out for a walk or something and just yes. go on a little adventure of my own and then maybe play some zelda afterwards who knows
1: <laughs> totally totally so then right along with the title sequence so like you have this crazy cool title sequence you got like essentially drone shots and stuff but I remember, you know, like right at the end, you'd like zoom through the roots and stuff leading to Kokiri Forest. And then there was like that little sequence after the title sequence, like the little scene with Nabooru and stuff. And I remember yeah. as a kid, like I thought that was such a secret. I was like, nobody knows about this. Like, <laughs> you got to be so patient to like wait through. It was just kind of like no. a cool secret. And it's not, obviously, but it. it I don't know I thought that was cool.
0: Yeah, almost like an an in-game Easter egg. Like, if you wait past the whole title, you get to see little game clips, which, yeah, like you said, every game does that now, but... Yeah. Or every Nintendo <laughs> game, I should say.
1: Yeah. yeah, yeah.
0: Right. What I find nostalgic about that is the Spirit Temple opening measure, mm. like the opening bar, just the choice uh-huh. of instrumentation there. Ooh. Yeah, it just hits you because it's, I don't know, it's just powerful the way Koji Kondo arranged yeah. that. Yeah. And so I think that also kind of ties into how the soundtrack itself is super nostalgic. I think I could find some kind of nostalgic tidbit on every song in the soundtrack. One in particular is The Forest Temple. For some reason, I'll always have really strong nostalgic ties to that because I remember when I was younger, like maybe four or five, our parents had a soundtrack that they got for Ocarina of Time. Oh, you you don't even remember that?
1: I don't remember that, like... (laughs) At all.
0: Yeah, somebody had it and they borrowed it. But I remember that they were playing Legend of Zelda. They were playing Ocarina of Time music on their boombox. And I was like, oh, it's the music from the game. But well, it's not even the game. But I remember it was, was Forest
1: Temple.
0: Right, I remember it was Forest Temple. So that imprinted it on my brain as a young child. And that carries with me. But I think that even just the tune itself is nostalgic because each temple theme... Fire Temple, Water Temple, we just talked about Spirit Temple, and definitely the Shadow Temple. Freaky. Uh-huh. But they yeah. all are so unique and well tailored to their setting, they become
2: classics. Totally. totally. And going off of that, like especially with the Forest Temple, i always remember it because the dude sounds like he's freaking trying to clear some phlegm out of his throat. <laughs> you know, he's like...
0: <laughs> <laughs> you know.
2: And then, I have the GameCube version of ocarina of time so i never got to hear the really cool fire temple theme but i just <laughs> oh, heard yes do 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 you know but there's that little part with the chimes where it goes do 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 and that always reminded me of right. fire nation theme it was just a bunch of nerd dumb coming together but right avatar
0: just, ocarina time crossover love right it. Love yes
2: it. but then there's the songs which will always be remembered but there's even like certain sound effects that are just yes. burned into my skull. Seriously?
0: Like,
2: <laughs> like when you're outside of the temple of time and all the music cuts out and all you hear are those crickets. Yes. There's right. that, or there's the dungeon doors, you know, the right.
0: Shit, when you, you unlock know? it it's and open it. Yes. So cool. Mine is always when I'm in the water temple and I was playing master quest and you go through in the hallways and those Liz drops out of the ceiling and you hear it. <laughs> yeah. And that always scared the crap out of me. Because the yeah, alpha just, just, screech is just high-pitched <laughs> and disturbing enough.
1: Like, this is the day I die. <laughs> or obviously, you know, like, Gibdos or, um,
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> Or, yeah, like, the bubbles. A- any sound effect from the Shadow Temple is scarring. Or, okay, like, oh, like the or the, the spinning the guillotine. Yeah, like, yeah. yeah, exactly. Like, whew, <laughs> Wow. So much darker than it needed to be, but it's awesome. <laughs> but when you're talking about the, the Fire Temple, I didn't realize that there were like different versions of it till I watched some YouTube video that was talking about how they had to take it out of the special version. So I was like, I wonder if our version was old enough. So I went out, we, we kept our, well, we still do. We keep our 64 on our camping trailer. So I like ran out to the trailer, put our ogre of Time thing in our 64, and we have one of the old versions that has the chanting in it. And I was yeah. like, this is cool crazy i didn't know yeah so anyway, that, like, it was, it was crazy
0: oh seriously and yeah, it's because it's <laughs> one of those special edition gold colored
1: cartridges
0: yeah and it was cool to think oh man i had no idea that the old fire temple version was on here because we we played the gamecube version more than the actual n64 cartridge so yeah yeah, it was it was cool to go back and hear that.
1: Well, and then I never went and like did the Fire Temple till I got Ogre of Time three D anyway. So I don't know if I'd have noticed it without watching the video first. Like I don't know if I ever would have known.
2: Those freaking falling doors, man! I get so, oh, I've
1: been like <laughs> derailing for a second here. But in the um, something about Oakern of Time when I did the Fire Temple, I was just sitting there waiting for them Me to do the falling too. door. I was like, if they include nothing else yes. in this video, they have yes. to include the falling door. Yeah, it that's the exact right. same,
0: and they totally did. And you're like,
1: yes, yes. So you know, there's some nostalgia for you getting a door dropped on you.
0: Yep, <laughs> the fake doors, and the weird thing is, they never showed up after that. It's like, that seems like a really good shadow temple totally. mechanic, yeah. but
2: it totally didn't. And then, you're also like, for the remainder of the temple, hitting walls, because you're like, what, <laughs> what walls which one's gonna up?
1: bomb out? <laughs> totally. <laughs> so this, these, like, Gorons are watching Link like, oh, hitting these wow. rock walls, like, he's really lost it. <laughs> and you are really losing it, kid.
2: Well, and then there's even the sounds of Link's boots, like, the durr, 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 of the iron boots. Iron, yeah. And then there's that, like, <laughs> Weird like <laughs> noise kind floating over. I don't even s- know how to mimic it. <laughs> Can we hear that again? <laughs> <laughs> the
0: sound the sound effects of Okrina time according to Tyson. <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> the biggest one for me though was the first time you pull out the master sword post the Rao cutscene after you go back in time and then you go forward in time again and Link pulls out the Master Sword and then he just goes oh yeah and you just hear wow. the whoosh the, little the, whistle, the... yeah it's so cool
0: that is cool I always loved that because I always loved becoming Adult Link again whenever I yes. would start a file and be like oh Child Link gotta change yeah. his warp to the Temple of Time become Adult Link and then he's testing out the sword it was almost like when Twilight Princess Link does his sword flare thing oh when he my major enemy or something, you're like, mmm, flex that. Uh, <laughs> flex that sword.
1: I was, I was thinking like <laughs> like when he pulls the master sword for the first time and it's also in the trailer and he like lifts it and like the that wind. That cool
2: too. Yeah, it's like, <gasps> totally <look> true. <sighs> yes. All cool. Yeah, or every that's time just... he finishes a skill and it's just that.
0: Yeah, that's what I was thinking of. And he does that little sword flare and puts it away. Yeah, I love that. So that was kind of <laughs> how it felt when you pull the master sword and become adult Link and... Just got to test it out. Check the weight, the balance. I mentioned how for Timmy and I, our first exposure to Legend of Zelda was when our dad played Ocarina of Time on the 64, and my earliest memory was him fighting the final boss. was fighting Ganondorf. And so that will always be extremely nostalgic when I finally get through the whole game up Ganon's Tower and fighting Ganondorf, and you've got Ganondorf's, or you've got the battle theme going on in the background, and you're... Shooting the light back and forth and stuff mm. like that will always trigger those early memories of what it was like to be a four-year-old watching the hero go head to head with with evil itself.
1: I also remember really distinctly the tower music. Once you've gotten through all of the stages and you're actually in the tower, going up the stairs for whatever reason as a kid, and maybe it is because Dad went and beat it first, was going up those stairs and had this cool red carpet and he's got stained yes. glass and you're like going up spiral stairs which was just the coolest
0: it was yeah. and you've got that epic ganondorf's theme playing in the yeah. background on the organ
1: and he's playing it on an organ
2: wow yeah and i loved i loved the way his organ looked like so big and over the top but like so menacing at the same time yeah and then you just see zelda like hovering above and you're like oh no this yeah. is some serious crap right And are like Ganondorf, this, is this is cape flourish like the Oh. <laughs> and he's got his hair like grown out.
0: Oh, yeah. Like he's oh, the king. Yeah. He's got that king do with his hair. <laughs>
1: yeah. You know,
0: the king locks. And it was an- Yeah. <laughs> the whole way that, that battle was set up was just incredible. <laughs> Especially when Ganondorf unleashes the Triforce of Power and Navi's mm-hmm. like, Peace out, bro. You're like, Oh, this is the real deal. This is it. Yeah. <laughs> he, he's not just one of his bosses. You can just take down, lickety split. It's like, This is the king of evil.
2: Which reminds me of something else that I actually find really nostalgic for me. I appreciate that in some temples, they lightened some of the... um, Well, they, they lightened the lighting, I guess, for lack of a better word. But they made the dungeon seem brighter in the 3DS Ocarina of Time version. Ganon's battle is the same thing, but one of my favorite parts about the Ganon battle was that the lighting was so dim that the only true light you saw if you were looking just at Ganondorf was his glowing yellow eyes. And to me, that just made the battle like 10 times cooler and 10 times more freaky because you just see these floating eyes and then you hear this... and then you have a lightning bolt coming for you. And then when he does his ultra power one where he lifts his arm up yeah. and there's that big swirling thing and then all of the lights go out, Go out. you can still see those evil glowing yellow eyes. And I just think that is one of the best details of Ocarina of Time. And it still gives me nightmares sometimes to this day. <laughs> the whole battle is just
0: amazing.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Going back and playing through it, that's always one of my favorite battles to do. But I think if I were to, like, think of my favorite boss battle in Ocarina of Time nostalgically, I liked the Bongo Bongo one. Yeah, Just because you're fighting on this giant drum. And I liked how hard it was. Because I feel like with Volvagia and stuff, it's like, as long as you know how to do a backflip and you have the Megaton hammer, you're fine. Right. But, like, I don't know why. Maybe it's because I was really bad at shooting video game bones at the time. But, like, when... He would be boom, 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 boom boom on the drum. And then you're trying to shoot, but because he's bouncing you around, it's really hard to get a good shot. And then the hands come at you, like all of that combined. And then just the fact that you just went through the most horrific of Zelda temples to me as a kid, that was just so much, almost too much for me to handle. And so it made the boss just even that more of a challenge. And I really respected that Zelda did that, so...
1: Yeah, I was going to say the same thing for me, like bongo bongo was the most memorable. And for me, it was just from watching my dad because it's just such a unique boss. How did they even come up with that? They're like, okay, so there's going to be this drum and then there's going to be these massive disembodied hands and a disembodied eye, no face. (laughs) Yeah, and they're going to play the bongos and we're going to call him bongo bongo. And you have to shoot his eye and you have to shoot his hands. What do you think? (laughs) Oh, they were like, the yeah, let's go for it. That sounds good. And to make it
2: harder, if you try and escape the drum, you just fall into a bunch of boiling asses. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm like, what the heck?
0: <laughs> yeah, it was kind of like what we talked about in our last episode about the lore and how the lore surrounding the Sheikah was so ambiguous and mysterious and Bongo Bongo is like the Climax of that, where you're like, "What in the heck did they do?" Yeah, <laughs> to make this boss that Ganondorf's this like, monstrosity. Yeah, yeah Ganondorf's <laughs> like, "Yeah, I can roll with that, thanks." You know, <laughs> insanity. Yeah. But I was thinking about the nostalgia of the Overworld in general, because there is so much to be had there. Especially when I was a young kid playing through the game the first time, and so for me, Kokiri Forest will always be one of the most nostalgic regions. I mean, because it's it's where you start out, you're figuring out the game, learning the ropes of the controls and stuff. But I loved the fun-loving environment because you have this mm-hmm. quippy music in the background, which is awesome, and then you have a village of children, <laughs> and you go talk to them, and they all have their quirky personalities. And then you meet Mido, who's kind of like a bully, but he's still like a kid, so you're like, this little punk, little bully, whatever. And so, I always loved hanging around Kokiri Forest, but then once you left and actually stepped onto Hyrule Field, that was always a cool moment, like to actually see the greater Hyrule after leaving the Mm
1: -hmm. forest. I mean, I'm sure it was intentional, but I like that when you step out of Kokiri Forest, you don't immediately see Hyrule Field. You have to, like, go forward, turn right, talk to Kippurah Gippurah, and then you step out, and then you see all of Hyrule. Well, even then, you have to, like, go up the hill, and then you see the castle, and you see Lon Lon Ranch, and you, like, look to the right, and there's this mountain, and it's like, this place is huge, unlike any other Zelda game before, because it was in 3D, and it was just unbelievable.
2: Before we move on from Kokiri Forest, I would just like to mention how well they made it feel like this old ancient forest, and you could almost smell the grass and the leaves. And then every time, like, one of those firefly bugs flew by, I always kind of got a Hmm. little bit itchy because I was like, bugs, bugs, you. I was like aimed for him. I like saw it and I was like, get him. (laughs) But something that I just remembered too is and I've mentioned this on a couple of other videos, I was really scared of my basement for the longest time because for the longest time, our basement was relatively unfinished. And to a kid, that's just always kind of creepy. <laughs> yes. And so...
1: I was always scared of your basement.
2: Yeah, it's a it was a creepy basement for the longest time. Well, anyways, if Zelda ever got too creepy, I would go back to Kokiri Forest and I would just hang out in Link's house for like an hour just because I felt safe and warm and comfortable, and I just really liked how the game designers really made Link's home feel like home for the players, too.
1: Yeah. Well, that definitely made it sad when the massive Deku Baba showed up when Sarai left, and you're like, this was supposed to be a safe place, and you walk back there not expecting to see anything. You're greeted by a Deku Baba and one of those Deku scrubs, so it's super satisfying when you finish the Forest Temple, and all those are gone, and your home is restored to its peaceful, happy place.
0: Yeah. I think beyond Kokiri Forest and Hyrule Field, Gerudo Fortress will always be the next on my list of most nostalgic (laughs) locations because we've mentioned it before, but the combination of music and terrain and the design of the fortress as a cliff dwelling and the Gerudo themselves, it's always just so cool. (laughs) You feel like you're back in the Wild West, you're having to go toe-to-toe with these desperado women that are just these crazy sword fighters thieves and then you have the guitar riffs and the music in the background that's like oh so cool yeah phenomenal how
2: well harmonized all those aspects were i'm gonna be really honest i hated gerudo desert as a kid (laughs) because i could never get past those freaking i can't even remember their names right now Like, yeah oh my gosh they were the worst Yeah, they hard. I I can never figure it out. And then I'd always end up in that stupid jail. Right. And I'd have to use (laughs) my long shot. And I would just get so angry all the time. Now that I'm older, I've actually explored much of the Gerudo region. And there's actually some really cool mini games and stuff you can do. Yeah. But as a kid, I despised that place.
1: (laughs) Even from when I was a kid, I loved it. To be fair, when I was a kid, I was watching my dad do it, which I thought was cool. But now, anytime I play Ocarina of Time, as soon as I've finished with the Forest Temple, Gerudo Fortress is the first thing I do, which like you you don't have to do it until you get to the Spirit Temple, but as soon as you have Epona and your arrows, you can go do it. So I always like, "Oh, I got to go do the fortress now." Cuz that just is think it's smart. so much fun.
0: I'm going to add that to my next playthrough. That's such a good idea. Yeah, I think it's I'll try so that. Fun. I think as a kid, like, I understand where you're coming from, Tyson, because I didn't enjoy doing the fortress. It was always too stressful because, A, I have to figure out where the jail cells are, and then I have to actually fight the guard, and I would usually end up in the cell as well. (laughs) And so it was always super stressful, and I hated it. But what I really loved as a kid was getting to Gerudo Desert and actually standing outside the Spirit Temple with the giant desert Colossus statue. And then you'd have the great fairies fountain where you could get near his love. There's the oasis that you play the song of storms to get the fairies. Like I loved all of that stuff in that region, probably the most as a child, probably because there's not a lot going on there. Really? As long as, <laughs> it's kind of, yeah, it's just, You get to sit there in the desert listening to that awesome music in the background.
1: Well, I'm like the exact opposite. And I think just thinking about it, the reason being is I liked Grudel Fortress because even if the guards caught you, they didn't kill you. They just threw you back in jail. And I think what scared me as a kid about the dungeons was the monsters could kill you and would kill you if you (laughs) gave them the chance. But the guards would just throw you back in prison. You're like, oh darn! Let me just break out of prison again and try again. <laughs> I guess the guards would kill. No, but the guards but... would just knock you down to no, three yeah. hearts, and then they'd... yeah,
0: and then they'd put you back.
1: Yeah, so I liked it cuz it like no consequences. If I fail, I'll just break out again, find some more hearts and try again. But Temple scared me as a kid cuz you would die and that freaked me out and I hated it.
2: I also never really liked the desert. It's coarse, it's rough, it gets everywhere. <laughs> <It's>
1: everywhere. <laughs> me too, I, man.
2: Anyways, <laughs> I loved the Zora's Domain and whenever I was adult Link, I after I got the water tunic, Zora's tunic, I mean, I would spend hours and hours. And after I'd be done playing the GameCube online, I would spend more time trying to like find cheat codes because I was always curious of what happened to job Lord Jabu Jabu. And so I would spend hours in that lake. Like I would put on the iron boots, the Zora's. <laughs> the- Gosh. I would spend like so much time, like looking around for him. And so I just remember spending a lot of my time there or at the arcade games at. Castletown. Castle Town, or, yeah. yeah. Oh, the Market, yes.
0: Those yeah. were fun, like the Bomb Chew game.
1: Yeah. Oh my gosh,
0: I got... Okay, so I was playing through on the Switch a couple months ago, and they have the feature now where you can create, load, and save points. And so I mm. went to the Bomb Chew game, and every time <laughs> I knocked down a wall... I'd create a, a load point. <laughs> and I, in fact, so I'd cheap. do it right before i press A. I'd put a save point, and then if it worked, then i just reload it, and just move over it's a little bit, so throw it again. <laughs> it was so much faster than all the times I tried it growing up, and I didn't have to waste endless so amounts of rupees. It <laughs> so much cheaper. <laughs>
2: <laughs> i actually I might have be a considered really cool cheating. memory so first time i was actually dead serious about playing ocarina of time i was in eighth grade it was like near the end of eighth grade and iron man three had just come out and my dad and my little brother were on like this camp out or something for the weekend so that meant it was just me and my mom so we went and saw iron man three loved it and then we got home and my mom was like okay i'm gonna go to bed and I remember it was raining outside and it was still like light, but not too dark. And I was playing at the fort, I promise this has to do with mini games. And I was playing the Gerudo Fortress after I beat it. And then I realized. It's like a secret wall or something that you can go into and it has this huge mini dungeon and you have to like go through this maze of cage doors and you have to use the training
0: center. That part is super dope.
2: Yes. And I just have this distinct memory of me playing the training center. And then when I beat it, I was like so proud of myself and then I went to bed, but that's just one of my nostalgic memories of playing Ocarina of time.
1: (laughs) Awesome. That's where you get the ice arrows, right? Yeah. And you never actually Mm -hmm. need them.
2: No, you don't. But it's cool to complete your
0: belt. (laughs) It is cool. It is. I think the most nostalgic scene of Ocarina of Time will always be when Sheik reveals that he is actually a she, (laughs) and (laughs) she is actually Princess Zelda. But I think (laughs) the scene when Princess Zelda reveals that she has been Sheik the whole time Because their reunion is like not only one of the most anticipated reunions of any game I've ever played, but also just one of the most powerful because she like lays it on thick. She's like, hey, I'm like the leader of the sages and here's how the Triforce works and we got to go defeat Ganon right now. And here's the light arrows. And you're like, oh, wow. Yes, let's go. (laughs) But you're also just so dang happy that Link and Zelda are reunited again. And so I will Mm -hmm. always hold that to be the most nostalgic scene of the game.
1: I agree. That's a great scene. So, you know, that's cool for you. But (laughs) uh, for me, (laughs) um, I got to say my favorite scene, the most nostalgic is after you jump Epona over the fence and oh, you like, it's like this majestic epic. you like see the horse fly over the fence and then like <laughs> ride right across the field and the music at that part you're just like, I am the coolest person alive right now, and then you have your horse and having Epona's amazing and freeing, but that so good.
0: That definitely speaks to the kind of players we are, because mine is like the most ultimate main quest <laughs> cutscene, and yours is a totally epic side quest cutscene.
2: Like, like, I got my- <laughs> yeah oh opponent is main quest man that's right <laughs> I mean, it's true
1: you do have to get her but yeah, yeah, it's not, that is it's not true. as cool as, as meeting the princess and finding out your destiny I'm like, oh, my, my
0: no but i i will agree with you that is so epic when you jump over that and they even play the special hyrule
2: field riff for you
1: yes so good
2: for me I remember the first time I ever watched Ganon's, or Ganondorf's transformation into Ganon. I was at a friend's house and I was like five or six and I'm sitting there and all of a sudden I hear this dun, 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 and I see Ganondorf burst through the rocks. Then he's like, uh, uh, uh. so that already kind of creeped me out. So I like Howard behind the couch And then I see him turn into this demonic board monster that's like 20 feet tall. And I literally peed my pants (laughs) and I had to go (laughs) home and change (laughs) and come back. But it scared me that much. Oh my gosh. That will probably be my most memorable cutscene. Oh,
1: that's awesome.
2: (laughs) But my most nostalgic cutscene would have to be when Link meets Zelda for the first time. Oh, yes. and she turns around and you hear the yeah. and then it goes into Zelda's lullaby and that's a part and of Tyson's
0: second album, the
2: music of Ocarina <laughs> Time, according to
0: Tyson
2: and and the reason that's so nostalgic for me was because back when I didn't have any video game consoles, when I wasn't allowed to have video games at my house, I would either play the beginning at your guys' house and I would only get to that part and then I'd either have to go home because I was so bad at video games back then. Or I just lost interest and we would go play outside or something. And so for me, like, that will always just be my most nostalgic moment. But I just figured I'd throw that one in there, the Ganon in there too, just because... I love it. That's it's like awesome. the most terrifying thing in the world. But anyways.
0: Hey, and that right there is Nostalgia Fest, Yeah, if I ever defined it. So <laughs> it's been fun to look back at... Ocarina of Time through the past few episodes. It is kind of sad to think that we got to move on, but the fact is Legend of Zelda has so much good stuff in all of its games. But I think starting with Ocarina of Time is one of the best ways to kick off our Zelda podcast because it's just pivotal and fundamental to all three of us in different ways. Because it wasn't necessarily our first game, it isn't necessarily our favorite game, but it is a molding game that shapes how people play the game, how they approach the game. And so spending the first several episodes has been a blast, but man, I got to tell you, I'm excited to start getting into other games like Majora's Mask, Twilight Princess, Four Swords Adventures. It's going to be a blast, but for now we'll live it up in the nostalgia. And with that, that's a wrap on this week's episode of Hitchhiker's Guide to Hyrule. Thanks to our listeners and viewers on YouTube I want to thank my co-hosts, Timmy and Tyson. As always, you guys rock. Thanks for being a part of this. And uh, we look forward to having you guys on for all our upcoming episodes. Always. to do it. And as always, it's dangerous to go alone. Take us. See you next time.